Welcome to episode 29 of the Rescue Swimmer Mindset Podcast. All right, welcome back, all you minnows, tadpoles, and dragonflies, all you free divers, you military athletes, and just general athletes, and uh, whoever else is listening in. All right, today I want to talk about the types of muscles that are going to be the most beneficial for anyone that's going for one of these either elite military schools or that's just training for swimming in general. But we're mostly going to be focusing in on the specific muscles that you need to succeed in one of these grueling military selection programs. Nevertheless, this should still prove to be a very beneficial podcast for all the swimmers out there and free divers. Now, what I'm actually going to do today is give you the top muscles that I think that you should train in order. So it's a top 10 list of the best muscles to succeed in these trainings. But before I give you these top 10 muscles, I want to cover the most valuable organ. And in my opinion, the most valuable organ that you can train is your lungs. Your lungs are probably one of the most valuable aspects you must train for these kind of trainings and for swimming. So it goes without saying, do not neglect your cardio. That said, I'm a firm believer that you should not only be doing exercises that work your lungs. And of course, those are kind of minimal because anything that requires lung exertion is going to be some kind of, you know, muscle wearing exercise or, or muscle working exercise. But that said, I am a firm believer that you should do exercises that combine burning those muscles while increasing your heart rate. So Cody's going to hate this because he is a phenomenal runner. But personally, I don't think running should be your primary source of cardio. That's because it does have a lot of impact on your joints. And if you're doing a lot of running, then you are risking injury. That's not to say you shouldn't run because if you're pursuing one of these elite military schools, they're going to make you run. So you better have strong running experience and have built up those running muscles. You also have to develop your running technique which I talked about last week, to run properly and to avoid injuries when you do run. That said, in the long run, pun intended, running does require a lot of impact on those joints, specifically your knees, your IT bands, your ankles, your shins. So the way I see it, there's a lot more beneficial cardiovascular workouts that will combine using your muscles and increasing your lungs and your cardiovascular system. And in rescue swimmer school, there was always this funny saying that was, it's not rescue running school. It's a rescue swimmer school. So you're going to run, but we're not going to run you to the point of injury because what's the point of that? That's not your job. Now, from my understanding, if you go to Bud's, there is a lot more running, but you're running on the beaches, which don't get me wrong, that's more physically exhausting but it's also less impact on those joints. So you're risking less injuries. And that's why there's always that common expression, train like you're gonna fight. And in the sense of a rescue swimmer, it's train like you're gonna train. So if you're preparing yourself for one of these elite schools, train like they're gonna train you. So they're not gonna train you to run marathons. They're typically gonna train you in, I hate to say it, but CrossFit type workouts. So they're going to use those muscles, work those muscles. So that's my recommendation. Do cardiovascular exercises 
which combine muscle use. Now, great cardiovascular exercises. Personally, I think the best one for swimming, if you don't have access to water, or you know, you're not always gonna go to the pool, it just takes more time. So my personal solution was rowing. So when I was on a Coast Guard cutter training for rescue swimmer school, I was always rowing. And that's because it does use a lot of the same muscles that you will use while swimming. It engages your quads, it engages your hamstrings, it engages your lats, which are tremendously important for swimming. And of course, it increases your heart rate and is a great lung workout. Another tremendously beneficial machine, which we dreaded in rescue swimmer school, but we often use, is the Versa Climber. So for all those that don't know what a Versa Climber is, it's a machine where you have two handlebars that are separated and you're pulling them down in an opposing fashion while your legs are strapped in on these kind of foot pedals and you're alternating up and down. So it's kind of like you're rock climbing a mountain very fast. And it's a great overall muscle using and cardiovascular exercise. So I strongly recommend uh, the Versa Climber. All right, so aside from using those machines, I strongly recommend you use circuits when you're working out. Now circuits can vary in length and in intensity. So you can have circuits that have you know three circuits, meaning you have three times you have to do say five exercises and then you repeat that, so three circuits. Or you can have circuits that are 10 long with say 10 exercises which is within each circuit. And if you haven't checked it out already, go to rsmguide.com and Cody's provided multiple routines that are circuit-based and very similar to what you may see in one of these elite military schools. And as much as I kind of hate to say it, and I don't actually hate to say it, I hate to say it because, you know, it gets a bad rap, but let's talk about CrossFit a little bit. CrossFit, if you know the proper form for the exercises in a CrossFit routine, then CrossFit can be a great way of seeing results for what you're training for. All right, so not to beat a dead horse, but you're looking for any routine that requires cardiovascular exertion and muscle engagement. Basically, anything that will give you that lactic acid buildup feeling, which you will certainly feel in an elite military school. So you want to get that burning sensation. If you run, run uphill. Also, sprints on the beach, Rocky style, you know, to really get that muscle engagement and prepare yourself for buds. All right, without further ado, let's go over my top 10 recommendations for the muscles that you should be working on in order. So this is a list I built off of personal experience, and it's really focusing in on swimmers and more specifically people that are thinking of attending rescue swimmer school. So anybody in the swimming world, these are the muscles in order that you should train. So the first thing you need to strengthen, which is very small, and it's not what most of you would think, hip flexors. You need to build up your hip flexors, especially if you're swimming with fins. Now, those rubber Scuba Pro jet fins, as I mentioned, feel like two by fours on your feet. Now, the power does not come from your quads as much as it actually comes from your hip flexors. And if you guys are interested in how to fin efficiently and preserve the most energy, then please do check out my How to Hold Your Breath Like a Rescue Swimmer program in which we 
thoroughly go over how to fin efficiently. That being said, a lot of the exertion comes from your hip flexors. So that's why it's so important to do exercises such as the flutter kicks. And if you can do weighted flutter kicks or put on the heavy jet fins and do flutter kicks with those, those are the exercises that are really going to prepare you for powerful finning and to be able to say toe a survivor. So that's the first thing I want you guys to train. All right, number two. Number two is quads. So quads are the front part of your legs. So if you're finning, again, the majority of the power comes from your hip flexors. But a lot of it and where you're going to feel the most burn is your quads. So your quads need to be well conditioned. One thing I would not recommend, however, when training quads is to do exercises that strictly focus in on the quads. And specifically, I'm thinking of that machine in the gym. I think it's called a maybe a quad extension. It's the machine where your knees are basically secured underneath one of those circular round foam things. And then you're extending your legs straight. So you're sitting down and at first your knees are bent at 90 and then you're, you're extending them straight. The issue with that, though, it's a great burner. And, you know, if you want to do it occasionally, that's OK. But you're creating a muscle imbalancement with your hamstrings. So if you think about exercises, there's some exercises that just aren't really natural to anything a human body ever needs to do in nature. So if you think about it, you know, are there many motions or movements in life or in sports where you have to extend your knee in a sitting position and extend it straight? Not exactly. So I'd recommend squats. Squats will work your quads in combination with your glutes and your hamstrings. So again, try not to focus in too specifically on the quad muscle. Do it in combination with, you know, a natural exercises. Running does work on your quads, sprinting especially. Okay, muscle number three. I'm going to have to go with your hamstrings. So the hamstrings, just like your quads, will burn, especially if you're using, again, those rescue swimmer type jet fins. So if you actually look at the, what is it, the Aqualong rocket fins or the Scuba Pro jet fins, if you look at those slits on the fin, you'll notice that they're slanted at a specific angle. And that's actually so you can engage the fin on the push. So as in when the pressure's on the front part of the fin and your foot, which does activate the quad portion, but it also provides power when you're on the pull, if you will. So when you're pulling up and that's what's engaging your hamstrings. So that's actually why the fins are designed like that. So truly when you're finning, ideally you're mostly using your hip flexors, but you will certainly be activating your quads and your hamstrings as well, especially with those stiff dots for your spine, specifically your lumbar area and your thoracic and even your coccyx area. So a strong core is necessary to prevent injuries. It's also the all around stabilizer muscles. So it keeps everything together. You need a strong core to do push-ups. You need a strong core, of course, to do sit-ups, but you need a strong core to do pull-ups and chin-ups. 
So of course, one of the greatest ab exercises, but also a phenomenal hip flexor exercise are flutter kicks for anyone that's going down the swimming route. So flutter kicks should definitely be one of your top picks. And recently I've been getting into really pushing that ab strength as in more or less power lifting for your abs. And the exercise I've recently been working on, which I can't actually successfully do to completion, is what I believe is called the scorpion or the reverse scorpion. And that's where you secure your hands overhead. So you're basically just holding your upper body down. So you need something like a very heavy object. I actually recently did it on a car tire. So you hold your upper body down and you lift yourself up straight posture like a candle. And once you've raised your entire body up and you're resting on basically your neck and your shoulder blades, then you slowly, without breaking any form, so you have to have a straight upper back. So the upper back's the hard part, just keep straight. Uh, straight thoracic spine, straight lumbar. Your butt has to be straight and your legs have to be straight and your toes have to be pointed. And you're lowering yourself from the straight, vertical position all the way down to the bottom and the hardest part of course is when you're about say a foot and a half from the ground and it's very hard to not just drop your feet to the ground and a way of slowly building into that exercise which i'm kind of focusing in on is you curl one leg at about 90 degrees and you lower that and then you swap the legs out so that's that's just a fun ab exercise feel it be careful with it um, if you don't have a strong core, because I actually kind of feel like I'm going to pop an ab, if that makes any sense. Like it, it's pretty, it's pretty intensive, very, very hard exercise. I'd say probably one of the hardest ab exercises out there. That said, one thing that you will realize if you squat or deadlift is again, you need that strong core because it's your body's natural weight belt. Now, this can very well depend on your body type, but personally, when I squat and deadlift frequently, my abs become more shredded than, than ever. So those are exercises that require a strong core. So do not neglect that. So that was, that was number five. Okay. Oh, oh, I think I skipped over number four. Did I tell you guys that was number four? I apologize. Okay. Number four. So, so we're going to do this one reverse. I apologize. So Okay, so my order is number one, hip flexors. Number two, quads. Number three, hamstrings. Number four this time. So so five was abs. Number four is lats. So for all you swimmers, you know that lats are the primary muscle that gets engaged when you're swimming. It's the largest muscle. And again, like I said last week, you're mostly in any exercise you're trying to use your largest muscles first because they're the most powerful, but also because that prevents injury. So in swimming, if you've you know ever watched the Olympics, you see Michael Phelps, he looks like a V. He looks like he's got bats on, or not bats, it looks like he's got wings underneath his arms. And those are his lats because that's a muscle, not only that pulls, but also that pushes. So when you're doing push-ups, your lats should be very engaged. So it's a strong pull muscle and also a strong push muscle. And that's why I recommend rowing. Rowing is a strong lat growing exercise. And also pull-ups. 
And for all of those who get confused between pull-ups and chin-ups, I always think, you know, the palm of your hand determines the exercise. So if the palm is facing you, it's facing your chin, and those are chin-ups. If your palms are facing away, then that's the pull-up. So for lats, I'd recommend mostly the pull-up and, you know, try to do them occasionally with a little wider grip, a little potentially wider than shoulder width, but for the most part, at shoulder width and keep your shoulders in your socket and pull up and you should mostly be pulling up with your lats but also activating your deltoids so that's another great exercise for your lats all right number five was the abs now let's go over to number six and number six is your deltoids so your deltoids are your shoulders and your shoulders will also be very engaged while swimming. It's also basically an all-around muscle. Shoulders are definitely always going to come into play when you're doing just about anything in one of the, you know, these military schools. I know from watching a lot of Bud's videos that they're definitely doing a lot of overhead presses with the rafts, with the logs. So you certainly have to have strong shoulders. And one of the best exercises I know for that is overhead press. So you grab a bar or dumbbells and you press them over your head. And that actually reminds me of a story of a rescue swimmer, a first class I served with in Atlantic City. And this first class, so a first class is an E6, so a petty officer first class. And this colleague was probably in his early 30s. But I'd say he had probably the best physical, but I'd say he probably had the best and most well-rounded physique I've ever seen. Probably ever, anywhere. <laughs> all right, maybe not. Like Arnold Schwarzenegger looked pretty good, all right? But this guy looked kind of similar in a way. Now, as in he had massive arms, but that were proportionate to massive lats, big shoulders and he had abs like he was a big muscular person yet he had well-defined abs and of course his legs were just ugh, ham hocks just steel machines so i recall we're working it out in the gym one day and you know he's over there doing squats and i asked him so aside from squats what do, what do you do to look like this and he goes what do you mean? And I go, well, you know, what, what, what's your routine aside from these squats? And he goes, nah, I, I pretty much just squat. <laughs> and I was like, no, you don't like you probably do other things, right? Like there's no way your arms and your shoulders and you know, your core looks like that from only squats. And he goes, I mean, nah, it's pretty much just squats. And I go, wow. And as the discussion went on, he did address that basically he did a little more than squats, but he more or less kept his routine down to only three exercises, front squats, deadlifts, and overhead press. And he would do it with a barbell. So the man basically only did barbell exercises and only three of them. And you know, these are very Olympic lift type exercises, but again, front squats, deadlifts and overhead press that's it and this guy 
looked ripped. Now, if you're trying to be a successful, you know, elite athlete, I wouldn't necessarily recommend going strictly down that route because you're not trying to put on heaps of muscle and become heavy and become a power lifter. Nevertheless, that goes to show the benefits of those exercises. So for your delts, overhead press is probably the most valuable exercise that you can do. Also, that brings me back to lats. I just remembered you should definitely do some weighted rows. So that's where, you know, you, you put a hand down either on a bench or a flat surface and you keep your back straight and you're just pulling a weight up basically to your to your shoulder. So that's another great lat exercise that you could certainly do. All right, back to my list. So one more time from the top. One, hip flexors. Two, quads. Three, hamstrings. Four, lats. Five, abs. Six, deltoids, so your shoulders. And now number seven are your calves. Now calves, I'm not going to lie to you, are not the most important muscle. But I might be saying that with a little bit of bias and not to sound too cocky, but I must admit I was born with phenomenal looking calves. I mean, these things are huge. There's no bigger calves than my calves. I mean, we've had phenomenal people look at my calves and they say, Vince, those are phenomenal calves. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Um, calves are important, especially for running but also for finning. So you need to have strong calves to support your ankles, to support the impact while running. It's definitely not something you should neglect, but it's also something that tends to get worked out on its own when you're when you're doing runs and especially uphill. So don't neglect your uphill runs. It's very important. It's less wear and tear on your joints and it's just a great cardiovascular workout that burns those legs that, you know, builds that lactic acid. So Uphill, uphill, uphill. All right, number eight. And, you know, I was kind of actually debating between seven and eight. So I don't know if it's more important than calves, but it's, it's, it's damn near close. Lower back. So like I said, the core stabilizes your back, but also those lower back muscles that run along your lumbar spine are very important to strengthen. And those are going to get worked out doing things like deadlifts. Of course, deadlifts are going to work that because it, it you need a strong back to support your spine, but also sea turtles. I hate those. I hate sea turtles, but they're going to work a little bit of flexibility as well as really burn that lower back. So yeah, that's, that's basically where you're laying on your stomach, your chest is up and your legs are up and all the weights more or less on your belly area or your uh, pelvic bones. And then all you do is you're, you're swinging your arms forward and back, kind of like you're swimming well, not really like you're swimming, but you're just creating circles. So your hands touch your hips and then they go and they meet back overhead in front of you. So keep that head nice and high. And you do those just like you do your, your flutter kicks. So flutter kicks should always be on the four count as in every kick counts as one, but you go one, two, three, one, one, two, three, two, one, two, three, four. So same with the sea turtles, you go, you know, your arms are overhead, one, at your hips, two, at your head, three, at your hips, one. So that's one rep. So, and then you go again. One at your head, two at your hips, three at your head, two. That's 
set number two or rep number two. So again, lower back, number eight. Number nine, triceps. So for all you people that want to impress whoever with your big arms, people always forget that two-thirds of your arms muscle consists of the tricep. So if you want big arms, you better be working on those triceps, in my opinion, even more than the bicep. The bicep is a very minimal muscle that, you know, it's good for chin-ups. And I'm trying to rack my brain right now thinking of what else it's really good for. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, kind of picking things up from your hips to your shoulders. But it's minimal. Like You're rarely in need of your bicep. But your tricep almost always comes in handy as a push muscle. So I've always been a strong believer in triceps. And personally, it's probably my strongest muscle as far as, you know, in, in comparison to other things. So, you know, I, I'm not an extremely powerful squatter, not an extremely powerful, you know, bench presser. But I am fairly proud of what I can do with my triceps. So for tricep exercises, I strongly recommend close grip push-ups. So that's where you kind of create a diamond shaped with your fingers and you have your palms very close and then you just do a push-up. So that's a great burner. You can also do dips. So you can do either weighted dips or normal dips. And I love skull crushers personally. So that's where you lie down on a bench and you have your palms facing away from your body and you have the barbell or ideally you have a curved bar. So you put however much weight you can do and the bar starts above your head, kind of like a bench press. And then you curl the bar down. So you're folding and your elbows pretend like they have a pin through them. So it's, they become a hinge and you're lowering that bar basically to your forehead or a little bit beyond your head. But make sure that your elbows don't move. You keep your elbows in. So they're not pointing out. They're pointing in nice and parallel to your body. And you're basically just, you know, it's almost like a bicep curl for your tricep. So I, I, I personally love those. All right. And number 10 is I might be biased again on this one, but your forearms. So, you know, I'm a rock climber. You need strong forearms. But overall, grip strength is very important. And grip strength mostly comes from your forearms as well as, you know, maybe your finger strength. But being able to hold on for a prolonged period of time to a bar, to just about anything, is something that can certainly come in handy. So try not to neglect your forearm workouts. And for forearm workouts, you can do, you know, curls. So that's where you can either grab a barbell or dumbbells and you sit down on a bench. You keep your legs parallel to the ground and you just have your hands slash a bit of your wrist hanging over your knees and you're just curling that weight up. And then you should also do reverse forearm workouts. So reverse forearm curls. So that's the same thing, except now your palm is facing down and you're curling either the barbell or the dumbbells up. So that's a great burner, but I would combine doing that with doing, hopefully you can do a one minute bar hang after that. So that's basically you, you just grab a pull-up bar and you hang. Now, while you do this, you should activate your lats and your shoulders, but always keep your shoulders in the socket. So when I'm doing this exercise, I'm pulling 
up with my lats and my chest. So I'm as much as possible trying to elevate my body and you have a little bend in the elbows as well. So never hang on all your bones. Always engage a little bit of muscle when you're hanging. And so the goal of the, that hang is you're keeping yourself nice and high, but without actually pulling yourself up. So you're keeping your chest up, your back straight, but you're trying to hang for one minute without moving your hands as much as possible. Chalk can be certainly very helpful for that. And that reminds me of the chest, which I completely forgot. And I think I'm going to stick the chest at a six and a half. So right between the deltoids, as in your shoulders, and your calves. It's probably a little more important than the calves, but certainly not more important than your deltoids. Uh, chest is going to come in handy, of course, when you're doing your push-ups. And it can come in handy when you're doing dips. It can come in handy when you're doing pull-ups. It's... It's a, it's a strong muscle to use. And when you're swimming, you will be activating your chest to an extent, not as much as your lats and your deltoids, but it will burn after a long period of time, especially if you're doing like the breaststroke. But if you're doing one of these military schools, there's, I mean, you're rarely going to do the breaststroke anyway. Nevertheless, that's not something that should be neglected. So when you can, you know, I mean, you're going to be doing push-ups anyway, so your, your chest is going to get worked out. All right, so that's my list. My list from the top. Number one, hip flexors. Number two, quads. Number three, hamstrings. Four, lats. Five, abs. Six, shoulders, deltoids. Six and a half, chest. Seven, your calves. Number eight, your lower back. Number nine, your triceps. And number 10, your forearms and or your grip strength. So for all these exercises, when you're training, I would strongly recommend you do them explosively. And what I mean by that is explode on the effort part of the motion and slow on the release. So let's use squatting as an example. On the lower, try to go down nice and slow, but explode back up and slow again. And this is basically what you should do for every exercise if you're bench pressing. Slow on the way down and then push that weight up nice and fast. Pull-ups can be done the same way, except it's kind of the opposite. So you explode on the way up, nice so nice and fast to the pull-up, and then lower yourself nice and slow all the way to the bottom. Because all the way is very important. They're gonna be yelling at you if you don't do it the full range of motion on the pull-ups. And that brings me to negatives. Now, negatives is often a forgotten gem. That's something that you should definitely incorporate in all your workouts. And a negative, it really increases your muscle growth. It's basically when you're loading the muscle in the lengthening phase. So an example of a negative I always do are called 30 second, I guess, reverse pull-ups. I actually do them in chin-ups more often than not. So that's where you pull up from the bottom so you just do one quick pull up and at this point I'm doing it in like 40 seconds to a minute. So say I'm doing it for 40 seconds. So I, I do one pull up and then I start slowly lowering myself down. And basically when I'm at the halfway point of my, my chin up, sorry. So again, I'm doing chin ups with these. So when I'm at my halfway point of the chin up, my arms, so my forearms and my bicep are at 90 degrees. So the timer starts at 40 seconds at the top. When I've hit 20 seconds, 
I'm at the midpoint, so 90 degree bend with my arms. And then when I'm at 40 seconds, I've completely lowered from my chin up. And then I do that again. So usually I do two sets of those because it is a very exhausting exercise. So I usually just do two sets, but maybe start with 20 seconds at first and do two sets of those. So again, you do two sets of, you know, ideally 40 seconds or even a minute if you're really strong, but you're slowly lowering and then you go back up for your second set. But that that's an example of a negative. You can do those with dips as well. So you explode up, you know, to your upward dip on the, on the two bars. And then you slowly lower yourself down, say within 30 seconds. And with dips, it's a little easier. So you can usually do like three sets. So again, negatives are a very beneficial tool that should not be forgotten. It increases muscle growth and strength. So that's a great way to get buff and strong. Now, if you are working out for, again, one of these athletic military programs, I strongly recommend circuits, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't neglect occasional, you know, max weight days and only do these if, you know, you're well-trained in the movement of specific exercises. So again, if you're, if you're squatting your max weight, then be careful, make sure you have proper technique, but occasionally it's good to do this, but I wouldn't ever really do a one rep max weight exercise. So, you know, there's no need for you to do your max squat weight for just one rep. At least do a three rep max weight. But, you know, I'd keep in between three and six. So that should be the least reps that you do. And that's good because it creates that strength and it actually helps you with those longer endurance type workouts, which are which are certainly going to show up in these elite military schools. So occasionally do the max weights but for the most part keep your reps in between 10 and 20 and that's because endurance truly is the name of the game in these military schools and actually a friend of mine recently told me of a workout he does where or i guess it's an exercise that he does where he squats his 10 rep maximum weight but he does it 20 times and you know it doesn't quite make that much sense because if you're truly doing your maximum weight for 10 reps then you shouldn't be able to do 20. But the idea is, you know, normally if you're working out pretty hard and you do 10 reps and instead you just push yourself to do 20, then you're really getting that lactic acid, but also that strengthening exercise. So that's something to, to keep in mind. Try to do that. And, and the reality is you often can. If, if you can pull out 10, there's a chance you could double it. So give that a shot once in a while. And overall, even if you're doing squats or deadlifts, you know, that's why, say, crossfitting is is a tool that could be used is because it's a circuit type exercise for the most part. So I strongly recommend circuits, especially if they're working out your legs, which are crucial to succeeding in you know anything in the water. If you guys recall me saying that my airman program was more difficult than rescue swimmer school, one of the things that was basically almost my breaking point in my airman program is what one of the rescue swimmers called the mountain goat mile and I don't think you can look this up. It's not going to come up. But basically, the, the mountain goat mile was just a complete leg burner. But this is a great tool to use. And, and this is the type of workout I want you guys to do. So the mountain goat mile, it goes, you have a sled with three 45-pound plates on it. And you tow it at the end of a rope. So you tow it backwards one way. And then you tow it forward. So as in like the ropes behind your back. And you're running it back. So that was 100 yards. Then you do 20 push-ups. Then you run to the next station. The next station had two 50-pound weights. So you do fireman carries for another 
200 yards. And then you would run back to the station, drop the weights, you do 20 push-ups. Then you sprint, and the sprint was on, this is all on the airstrip. So you sprint the runway. I, I forget, I think it was, you know, say, I think approximately 100 yards. You do your sprint, you get to the other end, 20 more push-ups. Then it was jump squats. So you jump squat across the airstrip, and I think it was jump squat back, then you do 20 push-ups. Now it was lunges back and forth across the airstrip. So lunges, and you get back, 20 push-ups. After that, you sprint, and you would get these big heavy sandbags. If you guys have a weight vest, that's great. Put that on, then you would sprint to these big heavy sandbags. You would throw that on your shoulders, and you would run approximately 200 yards with that. It was kind of a loop through the air station. Then you drop that and do 20 push-ups. And then you would sprint back to the rescue swimmer shop. And I recall I had to do that after. So I had to do that at night. This is after I did a complete workout with the morning rescue swimmers, after I did those sprints on the telephone poles, and after we went to the pool. So I was thoroughly worked. And I recall thinking, you know, wow, if this is every day of rescue swimmer school, then this is unachievable. Turns out it was never quite that hard. So circuits are the name of the game. Do workouts that work your cardio in combination with muscle use. And again, my top 10, if you will, top 10 and a half are number one, work out your hip flexors, two, your quads, three, your hamstrings, four, your lats, five, your abs, six, your deltoids, six and a half, your chest, seven, your calves, eight, your lower back, nine, your triceps, and 10, your forearms. All right, that's it for this week. Hope you guys enjoyed it. It's looking like Corona is almost over. Well, not really, but at least quarantine, hopefully will be easing off in the upcoming weeks and we can finally get back in the water. That's it, be good, be strong.